Mic check, mic check, one, two, what is up everybody and welcome to the fifth episode of Locker Room Podcast. I'm your host Wyatt Lister and today we have Chapman University point guard and two-time CIF Division II Player of the Year, Cruz Billings. Cruz, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, chilling. Cruz, just briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, so uh, I'm Cruz Billings, uh, Chapman University point guard um, from Villa Park, California, attended Foothill High School, um, freshman, yep. Coming straight off of a freshman season. Let's get right into it. Cruz, just how were you introduced to basketball? Oh, man. Around the age of, I would say, four, my uh, my dad got me a hoop for Christmas. And, um, yeah, just countless hours in the backyard just shooting uh, competitive uh, one-on-ones with my brother and my dad, playing games of horse all day long. So that's where I kind of fell in with basketball, and that's where it all started. So you brought up off camera, your brother recently just committed to Chapman. Yep. How were those one-on-ones like growing up? Uh, there's probably some things I can't repeat, you know, some words going back and forth <laughs> that I can't say, but um, they were super competitive. Uh, I think that's where me and him kind of got that that uh, competitive spirit in us just from those games. And then uh, I remember my, my mom and dad having to come out there and kind of separate us sometimes because we would kind of get a little physical, but. Um, yeah those times were were great memories for sure do you always beat him or did he start beating you no I always beat him I always beat him but of course he's gonna say he always beat me but (laughs) we didn't really make a list of who won you know how many games but you know I got I got a good recollection of how many I won so oh for sure no doubt about it you also brought up your brother plays a little different than you Mm -hmm. what's the uh play style differential from you to him He's kind of like a, a he plays like a bigger guard. I mean, he's only like six one, but he plays like he's like six seven. He just he's all he's gritty. He's like a he likes to post up smaller guards and and uh, he rebounds the ball really well. Surprisingly for how tall he is. So, but I'm more of kind of like a playmaker, like a pure point guard. He's more like a he's really like a two, but he he plays like he played the four uh-huh. at uh at, at Foothill. So is that what he played last year? Uh, well, this last year I was gone, so he had to kind of take over like the point guard duties. Okay, but he kind of played, you know, everywhere. So I got you. Yeah, who was your most significant influence growing up? I would say, I would say Kobe, just in that that Kobe era, that mama mentality. You know, that's that's who everyone wanted to be like. Uh, you know, L.A., Los Angeles. Uh, whenever you would go to games, it was just Kobe, 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 Kobe. Did you go to a lot of Kobe games growing up? I did. I went to a lot of games. And, uh, yeah, he really inspired me a lot, honestly, you know, throughout the tough times and just, you know, the way he, he managed, you know, his days getting up at, you know, 4 a.m. and For sure. All those workouts and having to go home to his family. Like, it was just really inspiring hearing, you know, his day-to-day life and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I think the mama mentality is what a lot of college troopers live by, especially the ones who play, I think, in California and Southern California. I think here, compared to, like, back home where I'm from in Utah, like, Kobe's influence is crazy. Worldwide, too, even in, like, oh, Japan. Oh, for sure. Every, everybody loves Kobe. Everyone knows who he is. And uh, it's just crazy to see how basketball can have an influence like that on people all around the world. You know what I mean? No doubt about and it. And it can just bring, it, it could bring communities and just cultures together, just communicating about basketball, just talking about, you know, things going on in the NBA and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. Oh, definitely. Who did you aspire to play like growing up? I mean, I'm a smaller guard. So, man, there's there's so many. 
I don't know if you know who Chase Adams is. Yeah, he played at uh, Salt Lake Community College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I think he's at uh, Jackson Jackson State, I think, the HBCU. Yeah, I met him once. Really? Yeah, I played at the uh, Slick Camp my senior year. Uh-huh. He was a super chill dude. I was yeah. Because like, they said his name, and I was like, wait, is this that guy who had that viral ball in no, his life mixtape when he was like That's what it was. 10? Yeah, That's how no. I knew about him. Was like, he was like 10 years old playing against kids that are like three years older than him, just shifting them. Just... It was mostly smaller guards, so him, um, Tyler Uless, mm-hmm. he went to Kentucky. Um, remember uh, Aquil Carr? Have you seen his mixtape? Oh, dude, Aquil his, Carr his was crazy. Was legendary. But, yeah, that dude was mad tough. And then uh, like Trevor Dunbar. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, lefty. Trevor Dunbar is tough. Yeah, um, but just mostly like smaller guards that I can kind of model my game after and learn learn from, you know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely. Super shifty. But you definitely play more like a true point guard you brought up, like very pass first. Mm-hmm. Watching you, you definitely like to create a lot for others. You're very like driving kick. You love to come off the pick and roll and definitely look at your options. A true point guard for sure. You played under uh, Joe Quinn Hawkins, who's a former NBA player. Well, that was that was my AAU team actually for Hawk Hoop. So that was when I was in like fifth grade. Oh, okay. Yeah, this so that was, was that was like middle school. So that was fifth to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. That's where I really learned, you know, how to really deal with the game of basketball, like the highs and lows. Playing playing club basketball in Southern California is no joke. I mean, there's every single game you're playing against someone who's you know highly regarded as a really good player, and like as cringy as it sounds, like. <laughs> There was like rankings when you were in like the fifth, sixth grade and stuff like that. And you'd always be playing against kids that were like ranked. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think those those moments and those those games really prepared me for, you know, playing at a high level. Back to your coach Hawk, Joaquin Hawkins, mm-hmm. who I was talking about earlier with you. He really instilled in me like all the basics and fundamentals about basketball. Right. But not just about basketball, but how to how to manage wins and losses and um, you know, being a man. And kind of growing up. So I think playing, you know, competitive sports at a really young age is really beneficial to to anyone, really, because I think it, it grows your it grows you as a person and, and also your skills and whatever you're, you're trying to be better at, for sure. Yeah, definitely coming from someone who's played at the highest level and played against some of the best athletes in the world is someone to definitely take a lot of advice from. Would you say just being a man was the most important thing, like learning how to be a man, or was it something else that he instilled in you? Just dealing with adversity, I think, at a young age is what it really was. And he would teach me to kind of how to deal with that, but also um, to keep working hard. Right. To keep, um, you know, one bad game doesn't define you. I think at a young age, you don't really understand that. It's usually the end of the world and you play bad or or you want to quit or (laughs) you just don't feel like playing anymore, but... You know, I think when you teach the younger generation to not give up and just kind of push through adversity, it's really beneficial to them and uh, their future also. Oh, no doubt about it. Now let's move up to high school. You played at Foothill High School. You had an incredibly successful career there. And you guys, I mean, from looking at Max Preps, you guys weren't good until your junior year. Yeah, so I actually was at a different high school my freshman, freshman, sophomore year. I was at Orange Lutheran High School, a private school here in Orange. Things just, you know, didn't work out there. So I decided to transfer. My friend was actually already at Foothill. Okay. So he kind of recruited me to come over. So I was there my junior and senior year. But um, so I transferred midway through my sophomore year. So I had to sit out the second half of my sophomore year at, at Foothill. 
So that year we were we were pretty bad. What was it like having to sit out? That sucked. I couldn't. Yeah, it was horrible having to watch. You know, my team. Well, actually, not my team. I just got there, but yeah, you know, lose pretty bad to uh, teams in our league and and teams outside of the league. It definitely motivated me that next year to come back and and beat those teams and just improve and have a better overall record and and make a run in playoffs and you know try to win a championship. So that offseason, my sophomore year, I really worked hard and prepared my body for that junior year. And we really turned it around that junior year. Sophomore year, I think we were 14 and like 16, so negative. So then that junior year, we really wanted to, you know, change the culture and get things better. So I think we finished 20, 21 and five. That was a COVID year. So it was kind of tough getting a lot of games scheduled and stuff like that. But I mean, my we we didn't have a season set for sure during that off season. Like we didn't know if we were gonna play. Right. So my, our coaches had us on the track at like seven a.m. Like OD like amount of workouts. But we knew if like if they came out saying we were gonna have a season, we we're gonna have advantage over everyone. Yeah, you were gonna be ready to go no yeah. matter what. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, it was tough. You know, not knowing if we were gonna have a season and just doing all these workouts. I mean, what if we were just doing them for nothing? Yeah. You know what I mean, wasting our not wasting, but you know, it feels like that. Yeah, exactly. Like you, when when you don't know why you're doing it, it's kind of like it's kind of tough. Or if there's no for sure set plan that's laid out, it's kind of tough to follow. But as soon as we heard we had a season, we knew you know we were gonna turn a lot of heads this year and and kind of you know change the culture and and win a lot of games. And so we did. Ended up twenty one and five, and then we lost quarterfinals of playoffs. Just unfortunate game. We just played really bad. Worst game. They played good. It was in a pretty uh, hostile environment in Burbank, in L.A. Yeah, so we came back that next year, my senior year, which was really successful. We ended, uh, man, I think it was like 32-4. and So that's kind of pretty crazy record for a high school team. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, that year was probably the most fun I've had playing basketball. I mean, I love my team. Chemistry was was really good. My My coaches were nothing but amazing. And then we were Division One. We won our first game, won our second, won our third, lost in the semis to uh, Long Beach Poly, which is pretty really good uh, high school, all sports, you name it. So that was tough. But then we qualified for state, for, uh, making the semis. So we had another chance of winning a championship. Oh, really? So there's two separate. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. But yeah, so we, we were number one ranked seed going into state. So we had four home games in a row. So that was that was nice. So we won all four. And then we ended up playing in the Kings Arena for a state championship. We lost that game. But just getting there was, man, it's it was, it's a dream come true for a high school What was athlete. it like playing at the Kings Arena? Dude, it was, it was insane. Like, I can't even describe it to you. Like, walking through the tunnel like you're an NBA player and, like, going in the locker room and just, like, kind of just, like, soaking it all in. You know what I mean? It was, like... I mean, it wasn't the the result we wanted, right. we lost, but like it was just like a blessing being able to play in the NBA arena. It was just seeing your seeing yourself on like the jumbotron or or seeing like your stats on the jumbotron. It was just like it's an experience I can't describe. But yeah, it, it was it was definitely a really fun and and amazing year, and I'm I'm forever grateful for all those guys that played a role in it. You know what I mean? Oh 
yeah, I could tell you're, you're definitely passionate about your teammates and the way you speak so highly about them just shows how much you care for them. So that's always great to hear. But let's turn back the clock a little bit. Or When did you realize you could play college basketball? I think I always had that confidence in myself. Um, I was I was pretty good at a young age. Like we would, there would be like these camps around here, and I would go, and and I was, and I was, always in like those top twenty all star games, whatever those things were. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But there was always people telling me like I could play at the next level, but I didn't really let it get to me because I knew like I was, and my dad would always tell me like you know try not to listen to you know outside noise, just kind of focus on yourself, um, keep getting better. You're still young, mm-hmm. um, you know it's not. You can't settle now. You know, you got to keep getting better because all these guys are going to keep getting better. And also you have a disadvantage because you're going to be small. Right. You know what I mean? So you got to work 10 times harder than everyone else. Um, but yeah, having him as a role model and influence, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that too because he really kept me grounded, kept me humbled, and mm-hmm. told me to keep working. But I didn't really realize I could play college till probably right when I got to Foothill, like my junior year, and I had a really good year that year. Because my freshman and sophomore year were kind of, I wouldn't say wasted, but um, they were kind of. It was kind of tough on me not not being able to play. So I was on freshman my freshman year, and then I was on varsity my sophomore year, but not playing on varsity my sophomore year kind of got to me. Right, kind of got to my head a little bit. So that's when I, the doubts kind of set in then. But getting to foothill, new opportunity. Um, Coach Yosef Edamadi. Um, taking me under his wing and, and really teaching me the ins and outs of high school basketball and really developing me for for college um, I think that was that was when I realized I could play college basketball and um, but he he always kept it real with me too he was always telling me you know don't stop now just because you have one good year you have another you have your senior year too you have to keep working you have to really solidify yourself as a a top guard in this area for colleges to really to really want you but yeah he's the reason I actually I'm actually here at Chapman is because he he was sending my film out to a lot of uh, schools and really putting my name out there and I'm, I'm appreciative of him for that but um Chapman was always my really my main option though because I would always come to their youth camp since I was little oh really so they so they knew about me before my coach sent my <laughs> film out so and I I always wanted to come here. I knew it was an ideal place for me probably right. to play. So yeah, so Chapman was definitely at the top of my list. And when they they decided they they wanted me, it was it was easy from there. It was easy easy decision. Yeah. So for sure. Who was your Who was your first offer from then? First school, I think it was UC Santa Cruz. Oh really? I went to one of their camps, and then they they offered me a spot. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was really cool. I was I was pretty happy that day. Just to know, like all your all your hard work, um, kind of paid off. So that was that was a good moment for sure. Mm. Yeah. So you just, uh, you also had offers from Calu, Linfield, Saint Catherine, and Vanguard. Uh huh. So my teammate, my old teammate that plays at Cal Lutheran, Luke Verichuk. So he had offers from Calu, Santa Cruz, and Saint yeah. Catherine as well. And Saint Catherine's an NAIA, super tiny. Was that kind of off of your list, or just? I mean, it was still an option, but yeah, um, it was a. Uh, I wouldn't say it was off of my list, but I kind of wanted like a college feel, right? Uh, you know, going going there. No, no diss to them at all. I'm, I'm I'm grateful that they they offered me a spot and they wanted me to go there. Um, but I kind of wanted a college feel, and I knew at Chapman I would get that, and Calu and uh, 
you know, those other schools also. But yeah, Chapman was a, Chapman was an easy decision for me. And no diss to any schools. To play at any level of college basketball is an elite group of athletes. There's no doubt about it. Exactly. But obviously, you know, there's preference one way or another. St. Catherine, I think I looked it up, was like less than a thousand students. Like yeah. It's like a small high school almost. But still, I mean, playing at that level is something to be proud of. But uh, I mean, obviously, Chapman's a better school. We're not going to debate that. Yeah. No, no bias. But <laughs> so what what was your recruiting process like? Was it pretty like foundational where it was like, you know, you were working your coach is sending you, you know, sending film to all these coaches and you're just starting to talk or was it a little bit all over the place? It wasn't really all over the place. It was it was definitely late though for sure. Really? So like I didn't colleges didn't really start talking to me till man. Well that call that UC Santa Cruz gave me that they offered me a spot was it was after my season, my senior year. Like right after my season ended, I think. When did you go to their camp? That was during season oh really yeah so i went up actually i think that was before it might have been like october of like 2020 because i was dude i actually was going to the santa cruz camp funny enough september it was i think it was it was either late september or like early october so we may have been going to the same one no it probably was they had they had a lot of different weeks though so yeah you never know but i was out there I was staying at my cousin's house in Marin, and I was getting up at like six, drive down there, go play. Dude, I woke up dog sick in bed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I wish I, looking back, I wish I could have played at that camp, but I mean, even then, I probably still wouldn't have gone there. I didn't, I didn't like the school that much, but it's still like, it's still a cool school. Yeah. They still have a solid program. Like, I didn't really care for the school either. Yeah. It was a little too granola for me. <laughs> But it was definitely cool going to that camp and like playing against other people that were trying to play at the college level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after I played pretty good there, I kind of I kind of knew I could also play at the college level, too. Because I feel like, too, like even these guys who aren't playing at the college level, like the guys who go to those camps and, you know, don't get any offers whatsoever. Some of those guys are still like talented enough to play at, you know, some level of college basketball. They just don't get. They just don't get their foot in the door. It just like wasn't the right situation at you know whatever schools they were trying to look at. So there's definitely a level of you know competition at any camp yeah. you play at. Whether or not you know eighty percent of those guys go on to not play college basketball, there's still a level of competition for sure. And I think when people hear like Division three basketball or NAIA, they like kind of go straight to like a diss, almost in a sense, like oh I could play at that level, I could. You know, I could easily, you know, score 10 points a game at that level. But, you know, that's not the truth. There's this, this, you know, this level is super competitive and super talented. And there is a lot of people that could play at a higher level than what they are. But, you know, I think they're just kind of in the, in that comfortable environment. And, and a lot of these D3s are also really good academic schools. So, like, teams in our league like Caltech, uh, Claremont, Pomona, Chapman, too. But all of them are really good academic schools, and I think it's hard for a lot of guys sometimes to really give that up to maybe go to a D2 because it's really not worth it for them. Right. Because they know, you know, the academic uh, uh, degrees they can get at these other schools are more are highly regarded. So Especially, like, too, when you're playing at, you know, the Division three level is a lot of, like, you know, it's a fact. A lot of these guys aren't going pro. Like, 99% of these guys aren't going pro. Mm-hmm. So you definitely, like, 
need to look forward to like you know what's after basketball which i think is what makes division three so special is it's these guys who know their playing days are probably gonna be over you know after college so it makes every game so much more important yeah i was talking to in our first episode i talked to nico about it and he said division three athletes have more love for their sport than division one athletes I don't know if you agree or not. I've talked to a couple of people about it, and they seem to agree. So what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if I can... 100% vouch for it. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I can 100% vouch for that, but um, I would say that playing basketball at Division three is not the same as playing at a D1. You know, there's not... The the the, uh, the seats aren't filled up every game. You know, the uh, you don't get all the uh, comedies that you know, division one, division two athletes get, but I think I see where you're going with that. I think that does make sense. Um, I can see how people make that, you know, statement because, you know, playing at this level, you really have to have love for the game because, you know, not every game is, is a sold out arena or you're not getting the accommodations. <laughs> exactly. So you really have to love the game to really appreciate, you know, what's, what's going on. For sure. So let's move on. Now we're at Chapman. What was it like coming into the program as a freshman starting at point guard? Uh, I mean, it's a blessing. I mean, being able to play in general is 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 uh, something that, you know, I really appreciate. Um, and it's hard to come by, too. I know you don't hear a lot of freshmen playing their first year. But uh, um, I want to, you know, thank my teammates also. They really prepared me to kind of uh, play right away. And uh, they were really supportive. I mean, usually you hear of a freshman coming in. I'm sure the upperclassmen um, and, you know, the people on the team kind of think like, oh, what's his freshman? You know, he probably thinks he's, you know, better than everyone. But I didn't want to come in with that mindset at all because I know how I would feel if I was older and I heard a freshman was coming in that was, you know, probably going to play. I just appreciate every moment with them. Um, I learned from them. Um, they really taught me a lot. And, and the coaches also, they – uh they let me they let me play they didn't really put a lot of limitations on me right and i appreciate that also um but yeah it was it was really a blessing i mean all the guys were super cool guys i love all of them um and yeah i appreciate them a lot for for them taking me in with open arms and and treating me uh like one of their own like right away mm-hmm. yeah definitely so what what is your training regimen like and how do you stay in shape during your season in season is kind of hard. I mean, because you you have practices, you have games. So, I think for for me in season, it's more of not doing too much. Actually, mm-hmm. more of like resting. Right. So I do more of my training, you know, before season starts, rather than in season, because mm-hmm. you know those games and 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 the practices really wear on you. So you need to plan time to rest and really um, charge your body up for the next game or practice. So. But preseason, um, I, I actually have a court in my backyard, so I usually go back there, train back there. And then I have a gym also in my house, so I usually lift and uh, train at my house. So I know a lot of people don't have that, but, you know, it's super, uh, super grateful for that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, being having everything at your house is, is, is really cool. And uh, not having to go anywhere is also really cool. Also, So I kind of just really stay there and do all my stuff oh for sure you got it right where you need especially i mean you live 
Yeah, fifteen minutes from here. from campus, so you know you got everything you need for sure. What was it like playing against UCI in your first ever college game? Yeah, so that that was really crazy. It's it's a dream come true playing on a Division One floor for sure. And just being in that atmosphere. But I was, I think I, after playing in the Kings Arena, I was kind of used to playing in a bigger that kind of had a idea of what i was going into but uh man that was that was crazy for sure you know just being on know you're gonna knowing you're gonna be on espn and uh your stats were gonna be on espn it was kind of a surreal experience but yeah i'm looking forward to next year hopefully our our coaches schedule um another one for us but we also played at utah tech too during the oh yeah that's right sorry a division one school that was really cool also. I would say there was more fans at that Utah Tech game than there was at the UC Irvine mm-hmm. game. So it was a little more rowdy and, and a little more loud in there. But but that was really cool also. Those experiences I'll never forget. And it was just super fun. Um, you know, the road trip going there and, and uh the memories we made. So that was really fun. You remember your first college bucket? I didn't score in the first half of the of the UCI game. I think just nerves and jitters, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But second half, I think like first it was like first possession, I think. I think I went down and like bumped the guy off me and like I shot a little floater and I banked it in. So that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, that was definitely something I was uh, pretty proud of in the moment. Oh, definitely. So a lot of the guys I've interviewed, a lot of the people I've interviewed have talked about their like welcome to college moment. So Alex Glenn, who's one of the soccer players, he's a goalie here. He brought up like first weekend of practice. They have like a fitness test at like 6 a.m. Sleeps through it. Oh, snap has to do it the next day doesn't he's like throwing up on the track for like three to four minutes after doing it did you have like any like welcome to college moment really or not i wouldn't say i had like a bad welcome to college moment luckily (laughs) i mean i would say i worked the uh the summer camps the basketball summer camps this last summer for chapman so there i kind of uh got to meet uh, some of the guys and really kind of build a bond with them but we would do like open runs after the camp was over uh-huh. so that was kind of the first time I, w- I was really playing with them that was kind of a eye-opening experience they uh some of them busted my ass a couple times but that was kind of probably an eye-opening experience or my welcome to college moment you take a bump and you're like man this didn't hit the yeah, same exactly. in high school. bigger guys stronger guys older guys you know what i mean oh for sure so I would say that was probably my welcome to college moment, just playing against those guys and, and really adapting to the, the college uh, the college level. Especially when you're playing, like, after the whole COVID thing where you have guys coming into, like, their fifth year. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you're an 18-year-old kid playing against grown men who are, you know, 22, 23, maybe even 24 years old. Yeah. So going into that, what separated you from the other guys on your team to be able to start? I mean, I would just probably say maybe my – experience playing at a high level since I was younger maybe that mm-hmm. I don't want to like diss anyone on the team or anything like that because I love all of them and I don't want to say like I'm I'm so much better than them or anything like that but I mean maybe probably my experience playing at a high level since I was younger I think I was able to come in and and um not let really the the whole you know they're they're much bigger than you they're more athletic than you really get to me because I've been playing against guys like that since I was younger right that you know played at a higher level than what I'm at right now so I think that kind of prepared me pretty well. Yeah, I just tried to just play my role as best as I could. You know what I mean? I didn't want to come in and, and try to do too much, but kind of just fit into my role and do it 
to the best of my ability. And I think maybe that's why they decided to start me. So what do you think is the most important skill you need as a college point guard? Being being a leader, I would say. And uh, I would say it was kind of tough some moments, you know, being a freshman and being the, the point guard, having to lead again or with with guys that are a lot older than you. So I had to kind of um, take different approaches, I would say. Right. Not just jump the gun on a lot of things, but but kind of um, talk to him in a different way than probably I would talk to, you know, my brother last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I would just say probably being a leader and also just being patient. Um, I think those are two really good qualities every point guard should have playing at this level. Yeah, I would I would say those two. But uh, also just just being being prepared, you know, for for every situation. And I think I was playing at high level in high school and then playing high level club ball too. What do you think is the biggest misconception about division three athletes? You kind of touched on this earlier, but if you want to elaborate a little bit more. Biggest misconception I would say is, is they're not, their skill does not match anyone playing division one or playing division two. I think that's a misconception. I think the biggest thing, the difference between division three and division one, division two is, is uh your physical abilities and your physique i mean i'm not six foot at all i'm i'm every inch of five eight so five seven you can get you know what i mean so for sure but i think if i was a little bit bigger i think my skill matches up with people that play division one and division two but i would say just yes not everyone is you know six five six six freaks of nature you know what i mean that can jump out of the gym uh god-given abilities you know what i mean so I think the misconception is that people at this level aren't just as skilled or even more skilled than people at Division One or Division Two. How do you balance your academic responsibilities with your team commitment and individual training? That's always tough. I mean, I'm sure for every athlete, it's a struggle having to be having to um, have commitments in, in both in both things. But I would say just planning your time out, um, kind of putting the extra things aside, like. You know, if you want to play video games, you can't, you know, you got to do what you got to do before you do that. That's kind of the extra stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a big video game guy. So that, that was a struggle for me at first, like <laughs> putting things to the side that I wanted to do and focus on, you know, what I had to do. Um, so, yeah, just playing out your day, doing what's important first. And then after that, you know, if there's any time on the side, do the fun stuff. You know what I mean? What's the what's the go to game? I'm not. I don't play PC. I'm on Xbox. I don't do the, like the PC games. I'm just an Xbox guy. Yeah. So go to game, man. Any sport game, 2K, Madden, MLB, all the sport games I play. But the game I'm maining right now is probably 2K. 2K, my team. I like playing my team a lot. But yeah, I'm a big video game guy. Dude, it's a hooper thing to be playing the game. No doubt about it. For sure. So it's kind of getting to our last question here. You're a business major at Chapman. What's next for you when you're done playing here? I think this is a question you get asked like all the time, you know, throughout high school or throughout now. But I don't really know the answer. I'm kind of just taking it, you know, step by step, not trying to rush too many things. I mean, I would just say just continue to play basketball, continue to do school. And then whatever like presents itself, I think will present itself at the right time. So Mm -hmm. just being patient, just kind of focusing at, at what's at hand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully I can continue playing basketball either, um, you know, overseas or some kind of pro am something like that after 
after college because um, I really can't see my life without basketball. You know what I mean? We'll see Cruz in the Drew League maybe, in like four or five hopefully, years. Hopefully. But uh, I mean, if if I don't play basketball, probably something along the lines of just sports because I don't I can't see my life without sports. You know what I mean? In the future. So hopefully I can continue having to do something with sports. So, yeah. All right. With that being said, this concludes our episode. Cruz, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this. Much appreciated. Thanks for being here. But with that being said, Cruz, sign us off. I'm Cruz Billings, and this is the Locker Room Podcast, where sports unite us and stories inspire us. Peace. Peace.